This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents, which you can also access at cortezcurrents.ca. The results from this year's Christmas bird count are finally in. As expected, the numbers are down. According to George Cirque, that was because of the weather. It was really cold, and it was the day of the World Cup final. And I was at home nice and cozy with Kim and having breakfast and coffee and watching this tremendous finale of the World Cup. And I had told Gene at the museum that I was not going to be available until about 10 o'clock because I had wanted to see this final thing. So by the time I got down to Manson's dock around 10 o'clock, there they were. There was about eight of them, like popsicles, all standing there in this fierce northwest wind. Oh, it was cold. And I was dressed like when I go to Churchill or Baffin Island, I was completely prepared. I'm Venezuelan, so the last thing I want to be is cold. So I get out of the car with my nice cup of coffee, and here they are. They've all been there for an hour. Brave souls they were. I, I was impressed that they could do that. It wasn't a nice place to bird because of the wind and the waves. The general theme of the day was that all the coasts that face west on Cortez were being beaten up by this wind. It was, they say, 16 kilometers an hour, but it was blowing pretty good. Called more like 20 knots. Then what happens is all, all the seabirds just take off. They're not going to go out there and work against that. They go to the eastern side of the island, but offshore... You couldn't see any birds. Smelt Bay was a blowout as well. The overall picture of the count looks like, oh my goodness, it's really down. But it's a weather thing. And that affects the forest birds too. You can't hear them very well. Harry Woodpecker goes, keek. Well, one keek in a storm, <laughs> it doesn't get through. That was how it started. And we headed off to Hollyhock, the eastern side, and divided up into different groups there and on the beach, and we got killed here. They have colonized Cortez. 20, 30 years ago, you wouldn't get killed here in the wintertime, but now we have three to five killed here every winter on the count. Of course, they're here in the summer nesting. It's a new resident for Cortez, and they were holed up there on the leeward side. There was a few black oyster catchers, and there were ducks offshore, it's not like you can just go there and see all the ducks that are missing from Smell Bay. No, because they've dispersed all the way along Subtle Point. That's five miles of coast. The overall number of ducks on the count was down. We ticked off all the different species. Just going down the list, the common loon, for instance, we got 22. The average is 35. So the lowest count in 20 years. Horn grebes were down. They're the little gray and white birds that look like they have a periscope of the neck. You can often see them off the ferry or they're close to shore. They're the closest of the grebes. We have four grebes and that's the littlest one, maybe 10 inches long, and it feeds closest to shore. We got about 31 of those. Pelagic cormorants, we average 20, we got five. I won't go on and on about how the numbers are dropped, but we now have tundra swan. There's a count period three days before the 18th of December and three days after is considered the count period. So we add them to the list under count week, CW. And so then we get an idea of what's also here. 
Andy Ellington Sue got Tundra Swans at the T-junction of Haig Lake. What's interesting about them is that you wouldn't have found one here 20 years ago, even 10 years ago, but for the last three years, these swans have come here. They're smaller than the big swans, the trumpeters, which are real gigantic swans, eight-foot wingspread. The tundra is, is more like a big Canada goose. They'll go down to the Fraser Valley and winter down there and point south, California. They're getting the rain. Well, they'll have the swans down there too. So it's interesting that the last three years, the tundra swan, I wouldn't be surprised if the same flock have come to Cortez around December, January. They drop in. So that's an interesting switch. When I say it's probably the same flock, it probably is the same flock. They live a long time, 20, 30 years, I bet. No problem. They remember good spots to come down from the winds and the rains with no crocodiles in there that will eat them. So that was really neat. I'm just checking my notes here. There's a pair of red-tailed hawks. I say a pair because the one was in Whaletown and one was in your end of the woods there, Squirrel Cove. I don't think it was the same bird. It's not likely, you know, chances are. We have one pair on Cortez. I've never, ever seen more than one at any one time. They're often on the East Coast near Hanks Beach. I'll see them there and Linnea gets them. So somewhere there's one nest of a red-tailed hawk. They're mammal eaters. They like their squirrels and rats. If we had rabbits, they'd love them too. Let me see. What else have I got in my notes? The animal's hummingbird is down at 13. Average is around 28. So maybe we lost a lot last year. They're a resident hummingbird. They don't migrate away. That fierce cold snap of last January, February, that was six weeks where we really got it, right? We were going down 10, 15 below. It impacted several species of birds. One isn't even here anymore. It's the Hutton's Vireo. It's like a warbler, ball of gray, and hard to see. But after that cold snap, they disappeared from Cortez. I never heard another one. All of 2022, they're at the northern limit of their range. They live from here down to Baja, California. This is it. You can't go to Stewart Island and see one. Now you can't go to Cortez and see one. Because we're in the Gulf Islands biotic zone, we're mild enough that bird can live here. But I think last winter was too much for it. The few that were here left. They said, this is no good. And they'll have to recolonize Cortez and we don't know when that's going to happen. One of the other birds that, like zero, right? Zero is the pine siskin. It's this small finch. And in the wintertime, it congregates into clouds of birds. Sometimes you'll see only 10 or 20, but I've seen flocks of a couple hundred together and descend on the alder trees and and get the seeds out of the, the catkins of the alders. They really like the alders. They, they have this funny noise. I'm sure people think I've seen those birds are like bees way up in the air. Zero this year. So why? Is it, Was it the cold last year? Or is it just a natural cycle? Finches, like red crossbills, 
they're cyclic. Their population climbs for a couple of years and then they drop right off and then climbs and drops right off. Something to do with the connection to all the seeds available in the trees. I thought at first that maybe it was the cold, but there's 11 birds that live in the high Arctic all year long. There's only 11 species. One of them is the red pole, which is no bigger than this little pine siskin, three and a half, four inches long, but it lives in the high Arctic and it can survive up there. Their strategy is they fly into snowbanks when the temperature drops like 30, 40 below and there's a blizzard. They fly right into the snowbanks. There are several of them together in there. And they all cuddle up together because snow is a great insulator. So they stay warm for a few days and they've already eaten lots of seeds and they're digesting them in there. And as soon as the blizzard passes, out they come. It's a balmy 20 below. They just cruise along. It's not just the cold that had given us zero pine siskins. The woodpeckers were a complete washout. We got no sap suckers, no downy woodpeckers, and no pileated. The big boys, woody woodpecker. Ah! What do they call like? I know there's one here, around here, but I didn't get it in the count week, and I didn't get it on the count day. You probably have them in your backyard flying through now and then. I don't know. We had yeah, jungles. Yeah, jungles. Let's talk about juncos. The number one bird, the most populous bird of Cortez Island is the junco. Over 700 we recorded. They do very well here. So obviously that summer, the dryness was just perfect for them. They got enough seeds. They nested open mountaintops as well. So on top of Easter Bluff, the top of anywhere where... There's manzanita and arbutus. That's their natural habitat. They did very well, and everybody feeding also helped. Almost a third of all the birds we got were juncos. <laughs> the other species that jumped up as well was the rufous-sided towhee. Now it's called the spotted towhee. By the way, I hate when I change names. It just drives me nuts. Anyways, they were up for sure. Fox sparrows, the big brown sparrows bigger than a song, they were up as well, 30 over the whole island. What else? The top bird, like the big award, and I haven't talked to her yet, but it was Ann Dewar. She got a northern shrike at her place during the count week. I've never seen one here. The closest I've seen it to here is in Powell River one time about four years ago. There's a couple of records. I don't know who got those, but... It's a very rare bird. It's about the size of our towhee, but it's gray all over, black and white on the wings, and has a black mask like the Lone Ranger with a gray cap, a long tail like a mockingbird, if you know what those look like. Quite a striking bird. That is something really different. It has a hooked bill. It's a perching bird, like your robin and your sparrow, et cetera, et cetera. Here is this perching bird that behaves like a hawk, like an owl. It's a predator, and it's a fierce one. It'll catch those poor little siskins or a song sparrow. And with its hook bill, that's it. If there's too much to eat, it sticks it on the hawthorn bushes. Just impales it. That's for later. It's snack kind of thing, or tomorrow when the hunting is not so good. They'll catch voles, mice, rats. For a bird that's only the size of a towhee, that's a pretty amazing bird. They nest way up north, the Northwest Territories, way high up in Alaska. 
that's a long ways for it to come. But they got to get out of there because it's just too cold and horrible up there. They come down here and when they're courting, the male will catch. Let's up there, they'll catch the lemming in the summer, of course. That's perfect. They'll impale it on something and then they'll go and catch another lemming and impale it on the same bush. And the bush will have several creatures hanging off of it something out of monty python and the female then comes along goes yeah that's pretty good all right you can be my mate so he shows how great he is at hunting which is of course the point of it all right you want to have a good hunter she will hunt too of course but that's their relationship kind of a neat bird to get and that was the, the top one. Oh, i always go for it what's the best bird in the count day it was the greater yellow legs it's a sandpiper about maybe what 12 14 inches tall quite a long straight bill gray all over and white rump when it flies and goes choo 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 quite quite a neat bird and bright like you're Tape measure, bright yellow legs. Really, that's the name. There's a lesser yellow legs and then there's the greater. Guess which one is the bigger one? That one was spotted by Chris Knapper. He had his group of about, what, six people in Whale Town. It's been seen now for a few years in a row. So if we are indeed getting milder here... Well, the rains are showing right, us right now that we are. The Greater Yellow Legs is taking advantage of that to overwinter here. Normally, you might get them in Victoria and point south right down to Mexico. In the last few years, they've been hanging around here. But two days after our count, a big freeze came on Cortez. Snow, five, eight below. And Welltown Bay just froze right up. Those yellow legs took right off. They didn't hang around. We only got two great blue herons on the count. Again, I think it's because of the weather. You couldn't spot them out in Smell Bay because they weren't there. And were they on the other side? Well, we didn't have that many people. Speaking of people, we had um, 33 people partake in the count. Nine of those were home from what they saw on their feet or in their backyard and they sent in the information by uh, either to myself or Gina at the museum. We had about 24 people that actually went out and froze, got cold and enjoyed it. It was sunny. That's the bright side of it. That's quite a good turnout, 24 people. And the kicker is two people came from Quadra. They, they were, came from abroad to join our count. I never heard of such a thing. I thought that was really neat. Starving for going bird watching. Because Quadra, with 5,000 people, they don't have a Christmas bird count. They don't have the organized museum like we do who puts it all together. It takes a lot of work to first designate all the different areas, get all the people organized as to where they're going to go, and then compile all the data. And I worked with Gina and going over the records. I would look at a bird and I said, rubbish. We didn't see that. No one saw that. You scratched that one off the list. You have to have really good field notes or a photograph. If you've got those two and you've got a rare bird, then we're in business. I'll accept the record. But if it's just, oh, yeah, I saw it. Oh, I look like one. Sorry. This is scientific count. We don't pad it. There's no padding here. We, we just want what really was there. So what do we get? Total, uh, I have my notes here. We got 2,427 individual birds. 
and we got 54 species. Now, the average is somewhere around 70 species. So back to the whole weather thing as to what knocked it down. A couple of years ago, we got 82 species. That's quite a range from 54 to 82. And that year, it was a beautiful day. It was one degree, and we got over 4,000 individuals. So that means we could go Smelt Bay with a telescope, count, count, count all those ducks, go to Hollyhock Beach, Hanks Beach, Cortez Bay, Squirrel Cove, Whale Town, boom, 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 and get all the oceanic birds. And that's what we're big on here. We've got a lot of oceanic birds. Surf scoters are number two in species. What did we get there? 395 surf scoters. Last year, we had 1,000 of them. And then the year before, 800. And the year before that, 394. So you can say, oh, 394 versus 395. That's too funny. And once again, you can't find them all. There's a huge story about those surf scoters. In the gorge, they grow mussels in those cages. They have to have a scuba diver go down there because the cages get holes in them. They have to sew it up. And he's seen the surf scoters because they eat mussels and clams. They love them. Here you have this banquet all in a cage. <laughs> and all the surf scoters have to do is find the hole. They don't make the holes. They just have to find the holes. And so he was telling me that he saw the surf scoters down below. They ignore him. They go in the hole and one comes out. The next one goes in and another one comes out. They were taking turns, one going in and going out. Because, of course, the one in the cage is holding its breath and it wants to get out. So they were taking turns, kind of like a revolving door in a hotel. I hear some big figures, total hearsay, to $50,000 a month gobbled up by those scoters. Hey. They'd be tasty, those scoters. Can't hunt them, though. So there's an opportunistic bird. If we're going to put all those mussels in a cage, well, we better make sure that um, we keep them out. They're not allowed to chase the birds. They got in a bit of trouble a few years ago, I believe. Somebody was going out in a boat and scaring the surf scoters away from the cages. All these birds are protected. You're not allowed to go out there and scare them because they're eating all your food. You have to make sure that... You keep them out. You can't torment birds like that just because your nets aren't good enough. So just a little bit on our search scores. That's the number two bird. I think it's really wonderful how the museum takes this on. list goes back to 2001 when the museum first started compiling them. You can go to the museum website, see all the years, and compare the numbers. You can see the fluctuations. It's interesting data. It's all sent in to wherever the big coordinators are and all the data all the way across North America, it's all tabulated and put together. You've been listening to George Sirk's description of Cortez Island's 2022 Christmas bird count. This is Roy Hales with Cortez Currents. Goodbye. <laughs>